Christy, the Westport Task Force released its findings earlier this month and of all five recommendations reduced down to two, uh, essentially they are recommending an outer harbour at uh, Quinana, Coburn Sound to be built by 2032 and the McGowan government in response to Westport uh, findings has pledged $100 million for planning for the port. You've been very strident in your opposition to those uh, plans. Outline to for our listeners uh, why the MUA is, is opposed uh, to the uh, the outer harbour. Well, for a number of reasons, um, certainly for the environmental reasons down there with in Coburn Sound, and the obviously, you know, we could go through that. But but uh, just as importantly, we have a, a port here that's been. 130 years of history. Um, we have a throughput coming through this port now of less than, and when I say throughput, it means containers coming through to the port of less than 40% of the port's capacity. Um, we should be having this discussion in 20, 30 years' time. We should not be spending taxpayers' uh, money, billions of dollars on a new port that is just not needed. Um, and it's not needed environmentally. It's not needed uh, in respect to jobs. There will be none down there. In fact, a new terminal down there will be fully automated and uh, there will be robots uh, somewhere uh, taking them jobs and also uh, all them jobs, if there is any left, will go overseas and you'll have someone in the Philippines, no disrespect to them people, um, moving boxes in Australia, uh, as we've seen in Melbourne. Um, we are the last port. Um, uh, this port is owned by every West Australian. Uh, it makes $100 million per year. That can be used for schools, hospitals, education. Uh, and it is ridiculous for an ALP government, a McGowan government, to even consider what the Liberals wouldn't even try and do. And that is uh, get rid of good paying jobs, um, good rosters, uh, 100% union jobs, uh, and basically um, them families and them jobs will go forever. They'll never return. So given what you've said, that and I'm, I'm taking, it, taking it at face value, I guess, Christy, that those figures are right, it's 40% capacity, and you've also uh, mentioned in the media that $250 million was spent to uh, upgrade Fremantle Port uh, only a few years ago. So it begs the question, what is the agenda here? I mean, what's the, the push uh, for, or what are the vested interests, if you like, behind this push for, for the Outer Harbour? There is no doubt, Alex and listeners, there is no doubt we know um, that the government is already talking to greedy business property developers. Um, so where the cranes are allocated over there, um, they want to use that area for to make it something like um, Darling Harbour and have high-rise there, taking and, and ripping the heart out of Fremantle and its history and obviously its jobs and the community. Uh, so... We've got a long way to go. Uh, there's a, you know, a week's a long time in politics, and uh, let me tell you, 12 years is a long time as well. And uh, we're not going to give up easily. We're going to fight.
Now, the Fremantle Mayor, Brad Pettit, has said, uh, made the same point you've just, just made there, Christy, that it's not only just about uh, the port itself and, and Wharfie's jobs, uh, it's also you know, a question of the identity of Fremantle. This is, we're talking about the heart and soul of Fremantle, the Fremantle port, and, and uh, Brad Pettit has said that it will have a devastating impact on the Fremantle community more broadly. Speak to that in terms of, you know, there's going to be a knock-on effect in terms of jobs and suppliers for the port and so on. You know, the whole community will be affected yeah, we're talking, uh, look, we're looking at 2,000 direct jobs because it's not only wharfies, it's port workers, it is divers, it is um, linesmen, it is tug workers, it is wharfies, and then you've got at least 6,000 uh, small businesses um, and small workshops, uh, metal workshops, um, fitters, boilermakers, welders, all them uh, uh, businesses are, are are gone um, and obviously the history of Fremantle uh, with its history so uh, as far as we're concerned you know we will be doing what any decent trade union would do and they will fight for their workers to have a, a longevity in a port uh, that has got in our view another 40, 50 years to run before we should even think about anything now, some critics might say, uh, Christy, that you, the, the Wharfies are being Luddites, that you're rejecting you know, progress and advances in, in technology, roboticisation, automation, etc. What, what do you say to that, uh, to, to that argument? Uh, look, that's just rubbish. Um, as far as we're concerned, we have proved we've had independent reports, we've paid for, uh, we've proved that the port of Fremantle, if you look at it, it gets 700,000 containers go through the port a year at the most. And uh, 200,000 of them are empty. Um, so they just get picked up here and they go to Singapore and come back full. Um, it is ridiculous. So you're talking about a, a port that has a capacity right now without doing anything to have 2.2 million uh, containers come through the port at capacity. We're running at 700,000. In fact, 500,000 if it's 200,000 empties. So it's very clear, um, you know, the experts, not only me, the experts, um, and we went to a town hall meeting. It wasn't the MUA. It was terminal managers, Patrick's in Fremantle, DP World in Fremantle, uh, even the Westport Task Force at the early stages uh, understood uh, our position. Um, and, you know, obviously they've been overruled by a McGowan government that has no idea, and some of them ministers wouldn't even know what a port looks like or a ship looks like. We had the president of the International Harbour Masters Association, um, the, a Freeman, the Harbour Master, who is the main uh, player in the port of Fremantle, say it's just not needed. Um, so these experts have all agreed. We are an efficient port and we are owned. We are not privatised. We are owned by the community. Uh, every West Australian owns it. Why don't they go and uh, pull down a asbestos-riddled hospital um, and use that $4.7 billion to build a new state-of-the-art hospital. Um, you know, why don't they put a new shipyard in down here that can uh, uh, create manufacturing jobs? Um, why don't we have it building schools and hospitals and, and education for the kids? Building, uh, Taking away a port with this history is ludicrous. Uh, and as I say, you know, the community have had a poll in Fremantle and um, McGowan is getting belted round the chops uh, 
pretty clearly that they don't want to move a port. Now, in terms of the environmental aspects of this, Christy, uh, Premier McGowan has said that this new port will reduce the the level of uh, containers on trucks in in the suburbs, and he's also spoken about how uh, the amount of freight on rail is increasing, and that's of course one of the concerns around the whole Row Eight uh, campaign. So, so what do you say to that? I mean, with the Fremantle port continuing, how does that relate in terms of you know freight uh, freight on rail and and reduced um, you know, container trucks in the suburbs? Yeah, well, we've already, if if you look at the facts, we've already uh, showed the McGowan government how to reduce trucks on the road. Uh, And in fact, we've got rid of 700 trucks off the road. The issue quite clearly is for us, you can make Leach Highway a freeway uh, and open it up 24 hours a day. So from 11 o'clock at night till six in the morning, put the trucks on the road. When there's no one there, only use electrical trucks, less emissions and bring them down to the port, they're a lot quieter and can be used. So then you then half the trucks again uh, without spending all that money, taxpayers' money. This is about a grab uh, for business developers, greedy, greedy business developers. Uh, and I am ashamed to say, basically, I'm in the Labour Party. It is a disgrace. Now, just on that final point there, Christian, and we'll end on this. Uh, I mean, some critics might say that you've been airing dirty linen in terms of a, a, an internal spat within the Labor Party spilling out into the public. You gave a very impassioned speech at the Labor Party state executive talking about union values and union values being at the heart uh, of the Labor Party. I mean, some people might say that, you, you know, you're causing division of only a few months out from a, a state election. I mean, what do you say to those, to those uh, critics? And I guess how important is this issue overall in terms of what it says about the heart and soul or what should be the identity of, of the Labor Party and, and the direction that Premier McGowan is, is, is taking the Labor Party in? Well, they have Labor conferences and, uh, you know, my view, McGowan or anyone else should uh, abide by what comes out of them conferences. Um, if you look at Anna Blythe, uh, what happened in Queensland in, in the ETU run campaign against the Labor Party um, and they lost government. Um, let me tell you, you know, I've said before, I don't think um, we want the McGowan government to, to lose uh, government, but uh, we certainly don't agree and we have a right to disagree when he is uh, doing things wrong. Um, and as far as we're concerned, we're going to stand up and uh, any politician that wants to get rid of our jobs and put robots in place uh, or any trade unionist that wants to do that, um, as far as we're concerned, uh, they shouldn't they shouldn't be in Parliament and um, they should be uh, out of office, in my opinion. Christy Kane, Secretary of the MUA, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks very much, Alex, and the listeners. There's a long way to go yet, mate, and uh, we'll be there at the end of it. Thanks, mate.